Hello and welcome back to another edition of In the Back Pocket, round 17. We're about to preview all the footy games, nine games, wire to wire. But before we do, welcome Brownie and Brendan. Dan. Good to have you back, Dan. Uh, you were manicured to within an inch of your life last week, but the hair's just gone a bit. I thought you might have trimmed the beard, but uh, you're certainly uh, resting on your no, laurels after good performance last week. Last yeah. week. Yeah. Preparation's the key. Preparation is the key. Preparation, mate. Yeah, it's, nin- it's ninja brownie now from yeah. here Absolutely. on in. Absolutely, and it seems like you're well prepared for your Must latest you edition. you are a late inclusion today, so exactly. thanks for standing in again. Well done. for the occasion. I tell you who was, your calves on Ninja Warrior, <laughs> fresh off <laughs> the TV. Have then. a look at these big boys. We've been noticing them in the office, but finally the shorts were on, Brendan. Uh, you've thrown me under the bus there. I'm the one that's uh, dropping those. Uh, yeah, definitely. Now we know why you're working out so hard in the off-season, in the summer, mate. That's just, exactly right. On and the Ninja, Ninja Warrior. Warrior. In February, was it? Those calves don't allow skinny leg jeans to get over them. So I have to wear the straight leg. You're a skinny leg man. You said you can't. You've got big, big legs. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so skinny leg jeans are not a go for me. Well, it was a good fun, though. It was okay. It was good. It was good fun. It was uh, you got a, a, a healthy respect for what those guys do. I mean, the, the work and the upper body strength they have. Like I was dangling on these rings. I just could not move but these rings from, 40 years from old, one peg to another. They just wouldn't move. I'm like, and they make it look so easy. And they, they use happy words with your like gnarly and dude and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. They use. Were you, so were you happy with the immensely happy with my performance? Immensely. You know, yeah. Uh, one ten thousand dollars for charity. Nothing. Well, speaking of performance, we're exceptionally happy with the way that we tipped into round 16. So the value hunters, let's take a look for 20 plus disposals. Brownie, take it away. Yeah, there's value out there if you find it. As the season goes on, it's getting harder and harder. At the start of the year, there was big value out there. But you look through this, and the one for me is Tim English. He's at a big price. And don't worry about just the last four weeks. That has been every game Tim English has played this year. Every game has been over 20 disposals. And Nick Hind, I like to look for the players that not only get over 20, but then smash it. So then you move into this area here. So for me, Nick Hind and also... Tim English are the ones. Jordan Degoe plays really well at the MCG and he's a big price because he was poor last week. So keep an eye on Degoe this week and we're a neighbour name is the 25 plus disposal market. And those two highlighted there, Jack Viney and also Adam Trelaw. But Jordan Dawson, good value as well. Been getting big numbers, 32, 29 and 30 as well. And then more 25 plus disposals. So we're seeing mostly green in there, but uh, Sebros is the one I'm going to go after this week. I think that uh, with Jack Sinclair playing so well last week. I think Seb Ross will be the man with the value this year uh, or this week. So 25 plus disposals. More, and then, another page. Uh, it, it's massive. <laughs> it's massive everywhere. Uh, 25 plus disposal. Adam Sard. Hill, Adam Sard. Adam Sard, your man. Brad Hill. Just keep in mind for the Bulldogs is yep. that uh, playing at the SCG, so smaller ground, less disposals. So. Yep. So two plus goals, Isaac Rankin, been really good. Aaron Norton, not so much this week. I, I fear the McCartan boys will do a really good job there in the back end. But Jesse Hogan, I think he's playing really good football. He's not far away from a 6-7 or an 8-goal performance. I think he is on the cusp of something big. Um, and Jamie Cripps for the West Coast Eagles, I think that he can kick two goals this week against the Blues. Well, two guys jumping off the page for me. Jack Viney for the Demons and Mitch Duncan coming off a 30-disposal performance last week against the Kangaroos. Let's head inside the coach's box. Thursday night footy. It is game of the round. $1.72 for the Demons to chalk up another W down the highway, BJ.
Well, everyone should be looking forward to this game, being the two best teams, uh, not only on the ladder, but I think just in, in terms of form at the minute. Uh, Melbourne have found their mojo again. But I want to start where it all starts in the game, and it's easy to say, but coaches highlight this at the start of the game. It starts in the ruck. So when you look at the inclusions for Melbourne, or potential inclusions, with both Gorn and Jackson returning, and the Achilles heel of the Cats, I think, of recent years, has been the, the, the ability uh, to find a dominant ruckman. Or a consistent a ruckman. consistent ruckman, excuse me. So... They're a little bit, uh, I guess, light for that. Reece Stanley's done a reasonably good job for a number of years, but it has to start there because you give dominance to the Ruckman and you're uncompetitive and you allow Max Gorn and then Jackson to come in as the second Ruck and literally hit it wherever they want, the Geelong midfielder's going to have a tough time. Therefore, it's going to be a flow-on effect from the stoppages. Melbourne get on top there. They're going to get ground position. They're going to get in their forward half. They're going to lock it in. So it has to start with the Ruck, and I'm putting it on Reece Stanley and Blitzars this week because Blitzars will be up against... The heat is on. Luke Jackson. So that's I think I'm in the coach's box. So I'm putting the heat on my Ruckman this week for Geelong. And then, as I may mention, the midfield battle, which is really important. So it starts with the Ruck and the flow-on effect. So when you get two good teams and they're, they're really sound defensively, that when they get ground position, they're generally better at, at other uh, the, the opposition. Not so much this week, but locking their forward half. They'll still have times, both teams, when they get in the front half, they'll lock it in, set up well defensively behind the ball. So that's where the stoppages and contests is really important. And then for me, and I've said this for a long time now, Melbourne, uh, the best team at setting up behind the ball. So when the ball's in their front half in particular, the way they set up behind the ball, and we know the man that's in charge of that and essentially the linchpin of all this is Stephen May. So to have him as a wicketkeeper and allow them to have a spare behind the ball, he sits out the back and controls everything, can see everything, they must, Geelong must make him accountable. They must make all... Uh, Melbourne defenders are accountable. So when I say accountable, they make equal numbers ahead of the ball. So what happens is Max Gorn comes out of the ruck they're forward. Generally, it's a Luke Jackson that's resting there. will take the ruck. Gorn will then, or Jackson, go play as a defender. Then that frees up Stephen May or, or Jake Lever to play as that spare. So I'm saying is don't allow that because that's when they're the best. They're most experienced. They're too, too experienced, got too much leadership. They're too good at setting up behind the ball. So go make them accountable. And if it's 7v7, so be it. But they must hold them accountable and make them defend. It's a tactical battle, isn't it? Because as good as Melbourne set up behind the footy, you think of uh, over the years, Geelong down at Cadinia Park, being behind the footy. They set up just as well down there. I, I don't think there's a... So obviously, they play down there often. So Melbourne won't be able to play the ground as well as what they do. So in the coach's box, to be able to get your players where you want them at either end of the ground is going to be so important. Let's talk about the midfielders. Now, obviously, Oliver and Petrarca are top billing. They're one and two. Viney's been playing great. But this is last year against the Cats. They are some big numbers. These are just games against Geelong last year, and they are some big numbers, and they kick goals as well, Petrarca and also Oliver. Now you flip it to this year. These are the last three weeks, and these numbers are just as impressive for this year. So the last three games... 32, 31 and 33, and Petrarca kicked three goals to go that last week. And Oliver, 45, 35, 36. So going back into the coach's box, BJ, who are you tagging? Well, I don't think Geelong essentially tags. We've got O'Connor, so got which he, I think he did it more last year. Occasionally so does it. Do you then go to the, your midfielders and say that you have to respect? the? That's why I said it, it has to start with a ruckman. Atkins can do a job as well. Yeah, Atkins is playing a little bit more in there. So it's more of a accountability role. So show the respect. You had to choose one. You had to choose one. I'm going to say probably Clayton Oliver. He's more of a, a 
a certainty to play well. His consistency over this year has been outrageous. So, yes, Petrarca, as good as he is, but I think Oliver, when you take that away, Oliver, Oliver's the number one contested possession player for Melbourne and the best clearance player. So take, that, take, take one of their biggest strengths away and something they rely on because he's been so consistent that the whole team almost is just a given each week. Uh, Oliver's going to do this, and if they take that away, they're, they're stopping it at the source. So I think I agree. potentially Oliver, which they haven't, I don't think he has been tagged this year, correct? I reckon Fremantle, Aish went to him a little bit after half-time and quelled his influence, and then Fremantle obviously dominated yeah. the airs that game. But he does, you're right, he doesn't get tagged a lot, so he gets a free reign. Well, for Geelong to present as a chance, Patrick Dangerfield, he got some juice into his legs last week, albeit in a blowout win against the Kangaroos, BJ. Dangerfield, 20-plus, does he start to find more time through the middle? Oh, I think so. And just second time up, uh, I think you're better, much like yourself, Dan, doing a great job so far. But I, I think so. He... he the reports are he's ready to go before last week. So to get one game under your belt, yeah, it was an easy win against North, but he'll, he'll be prime this week. And that's why I'm putting emphasis on the midfield, so he'll be up and about ready for this. So I think, I like Dane, 20 plus. The algorithm hasn't kicked in because he's only played one game yep. and he got 19 last week. So as we say here, 20 plus disposals, $1.70. You're getting 25 plus. I'll, I'll be a little bit hesitant with that because he still may, may play a little bit more forward. So I still think he's, in, he's ripe. Uh, to get 20 plus it's nice Dangerfield coming back in at this time of the year isn't it a fit and firing Dangerfield heading into September I reckon the Cats have got the balance of where they have their players cherry ripe I don't think they got it right last year yes they got a flu leading into that preliminary final last year and that certainly hurt them but they were I think they were going the wrong way uh, on the pendulum last year but I think they're just swinging up beautifully speaking of contested balls Jack Viney continues to accumulate 25 plus disposals he did it last week again having 26 yep. Brownie you made your name accounting for Jack Viney 25 plus well, we're not getting the price we once were no. but is he still a bet he was around the dollar nine he came into a dollar 80 but his last five weeks every game has been above 20 so it has to go into your same game multi. So if you're taking Viney, put him into the same game multi with something else. I'd, I'd, the 31 is a bit of a stretch, I think, this week. All right, pushing on to Sydney, Western Bulldogs. Both teams bitterly disappointing. The Swans getting rolled by Essendon last week and the Dogs just not up to it at the Gabba on Thursday night. Footy getting licked by the Lions. BJ... Both teams bouncing back here. The Bulldogs probably need the four points more than Sydney at this point. Yeah, and that's why I, I like the Bulldogs at the price they're at too. So both teams will want to respond. Bulldogs, yeah, as you alluding to, got embarrassed last week. Sydney, yes, they, I guess their second half, they let themselves down and let Essendon win, a team that's struggling. But the Bulldogs will be embarrassed. And a lot, lot's been said about their, their defence, their team defence, and where they need to improve. So I expect them to bounce back. But saying that, I think... History would show that the tall forwards, in particular the forwards against the Bulldogs, is where you can get good value for multiple goals. So we've got Isaac Heaney and Lance Franklin, potentially multiple goal scorers. I think the history would show. In particular, as I said, uh, tall forwards. I even looked at Sam Reid. I think we highlighted him last week getting on top. He kicked a couple. But uh, those, those two in particular, Isaac Heaney and Lance Franklin. So here's the forward fill-ups against the Western Bulldogs. And this has been their Achilles heel all year. Just some big numbers. Toby Green, Jeremy Cameron, seven and six. Even last week, I thought the difference in the game was Charlie Cameron. They didn't have an answer for him, so I don't see an answer for Isaac Heaney. And that price there, $1.84, I think it was, for Isaac Heaney to kick two-plus goals. I mean, I really like that. Looking for three-plus, $3.75. Now, buy beware for the Western Bulldogs up at the other end. Now, this is games against... Uh, 
Sydney at the SCG this year, it is hard to kick goals. So you look, you go back to round two, break close, kick four. Is he going to do that again this year if he plays against Sydney Swans? Probably not. Will Jack Zeeble do that again? Probably not. The only game where a side has got them this year has been that round seven game. Charlie Cameron, McStay and Rayner. So it's been very hard for any players to kick three plus against Sydney at the SCG this year. So you'd have to think the only player who can do it is Aaron Norton. Outside that, you would not be taking anybody at the Dogs to be kicking three plus. So it's just a buyer beware on taking Bulldogs goal kickers this week. Well, the astronaut is definitely an aerial threat against the uh, Sydney defence there. But Nick Blakey continues to improve week on week here and he's an impressive ball winner. Keller Mills really disappointing last week, just the 13 disposals. But Blakey uses it really well. How do we think he's going to go? Particularly at the SCG. Uh, his last three games at the SCG, he's had 25-plus disposals. He had 31 last week against, or two weeks ago against the Saints. So you can just see him running through the middle of the ground with that big flap at the back going up and down. But he takes the kickouts. Now, I've spoken many times. This man's had, it's, I think it's rocks his papers nine, between nine, him and Lloyd these days. 90 kickouts. He's played on 90 times. And why not <laughs> when you can run and carry the way he does? But he knows he gets the stats. So that's why I like to back him every week, particularly at the SCG, where his last three games have been 25-plus. So... I'm going to take and Nick Blakey again at that 25 And plus. he's a man in, man in form, so you can see when you watch Sydney, there's a directive to when he runs past, give him the ball, or when yep. he's in the vicinity, because he's such a good ball user and decision maker that it's it works in our favour disposal markets. Whenever he's in the area, give him the ball. I think so. the best bet in this game is Nick Blakey, 20 plus. Okay, pushing on to the hottest team in the competition right now. It is Collingwood, the winners of six straight. They've rolled the Gold Coast Suns last Saturday night. And they play North Melbourne, who are really struggling and keep losing by 40 plus points. Brownie, what can North achieve out of playing Collingwood, who have won six straight games here? Not, not much. Uh, it is 11 games in a row now, 40 plus. And the line last week, the Cats started with 66 and a half. They won by 112. It's 57 and a half this week. So you'd have to be taking the line again. I can't see with the predicament they're in, how they get out of it, how they get any sort of... There's got to be a response at some point, though. Uh, there hasn't been for 11 week? weeks. So how do you expect one this week? There hasn't been for 11 weeks. It's been 40-plus. Yeah. What motivation do they possibly have? Well, there's individual performance. We know that uh, Luke Davies-Uniac continues to find the footy. He was really impressive against Geelong. I guess from a star player perspective, Brennan, do we think that he can continue his merry way? I think he can, but you see that he's chucked in a, a couple of games that are under 20, but he's a, uh, a player that's on the rise, and he's a shining light for them. It's I think, positive. Yeah, along with Simkin, I think, is, is the shining light for them. So even throw Simkin in there uh, for 20, 25 plus, he's found some form probably over the last month in terms of finding the footy. Obviously, the team hasn't. So, yeah, Uniaki, uh, a guy on the rise, but I still think someone's got to win it. As I said, there's 300-odd disposals up for grabs, regardless whether winning or, or losing by 100 points. We're expecting Jordan to go into play, but his record at the MCG is outstanding this year. He had one poor game against Gold Coast where he had 11, but you watch him. He positions himself in the centre square, and he gets a lot of ball from the defenders. So he'll take sure, an uncontested mark, and he positions himself so well, then gives it the runner or turns around and kicks it. So he loves the width at the MCG. So Jordan Ngoi, if he does play, 20-plus disposals. Yeah, and one for me out of the back half is Nick Dacos. We think that he's probably the most impressive first-year player we are talking about off-camera in the past 10 years. Brownie, 35 disposals last year, and he just finds himself yep. in the right positions. And Collingwood, they're playing through him. Yep. 25-plus disposals every day of the week here. And I think he's made his brother a better player if that is achievable. So he's come on. He gives it to his brother so often. Josh Dacos become a better player. What I like about... PJ, someone comes into a, a footy club and they play their first season. All they're looking for is the next game. I want to be in the senior team. I want to play the next game. I'm watching this kid 
and he is wanting to influence games and he's wanting to influence the culture. You see them when they win or they kick a goal, how excited he is and he gets around. You can be quite insular and quite, you know, just wanting to get a game when you first start. All of a sudden, he's changing the culture of that football club for the better. And I think they're better for yeah, it for a kid who's 18. He's a freak. These kids are a little bit different to when we walked into a footy club, aren't yeah. they, mate? They're well, not all of them. Well, there's still some selfish uh, little little guys about <laughs> there, guys. like yourself. Uh, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, right, you're right. He wants the ball in his hands. And he's such a good... Like, last week, he was the most influential player. Yeah, Tuke Miller was great. There's a number of guys. But he was the most influential player on the f- ground. He wants the ball in his hands, and he backs it up because he uses it so well in his decisions. And he's so clean. doesn't make a bad one. And so, now they give it to him. Yeah, so it's a directive too from the back half and we know how important halfback flankers are and, he, and he's a guy that doesn't take the kick-ins. At some point... If, if he's in the vicinity... They're genuine stats. They're genuine yeah. stats. So don't be misled, but uh, his, his use and his impact on the game well, is immense. At some point, he's going to have to face a uh, defensive tag, but we're going to take a short break here. We'll come back with Green Tick Play On. Let's have a look at the value hunters, and this is where I love. This is where I earn my money here at Sportsbet. I earn it for the punters out there. And this is where I've made my name, Dan. The 25-plus disposals. Bradley Hill is down there at a big price. I think Charlie Cameron looms here. I don't think they've got a match-up for Charlie Cameron as well. Adam Sard is averaging 22 disposals on the year. Jack Sinclair's an interesting one, 27.3. I like him to get 30 or more. I've renamed Isaac Heaney, Isaac Cleaney. So when he takes the oh, ball at ground level, he takes it above his head, doesn't fumble. There's a bit of value around Sam Reid hitting the scoreboard more than two good, times. Good call. The other one is Jack Viney. Jeremy Cameron eyeing off uh, Charlie uh, Kerno there for the Coleman medal. He's two behind. Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron loom large, obviously. The last time they played was in Tassie. Kicked 11 goals between them. I'm happy to take Geelong to kick more than 16 and a half. And that's Mitch Duncan to have 20 or more disposals. And Isaac Rankin, who's the guy who's, I think, really blossoming, isn't he? Will Brody continues to get the football. Brisbane up against the Western Bulldogs. Brisbane win this game. Charlie Cameron, I talked about it. I don't think they've got a good matchup for him. And the astronaut, I think it's a minimum two goals. It's a special. I'm starting low here. Jack Sinclair to get back into the winner's circle for 30 plus. Hello and welcome. Oh, sorry. That's sorry. Just that's... jumped the gun there, didn't I? A lot of green <laughs> ticks. Hey, he's the host, mate. We're no, not, I just, we're I not on the footy show right I now. Forgot. <laughs> you I forgot. forgot. Oh, just settled in beautifully, hasn't he? Hello and welcome back to In the Back Pocket, round 17, Brownie. Plenty of yeah. green ticks. Really jumped in too early there. Now, on, the biggest green tick didn't come up because our man over here had a 16-leg multi. So had a heap of players for 25-plus disposals, a heap of players for two-plus goals. He got 15 of those 16 legs. Can you believe the one he missed on? Zachary Merritt. My man. And he had 24 disposals. He kicked three. It was probably his best game yeah. of the year. He cost you... One I was least worried close about. Close to $3,000. Yeah. Cost what? me. And I haven't, uh, and, and to be fair, I haven't even sent him a text. So I didn't want to... do my stiff. Burn, 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 that. So it was, he was literally the man I was least worried about. And then as the game went on, I was sure, I'm sure I could go back and look at the footage and find an extra possession in there. Back against the wall, though, Jack Sinclair. 37 disposals, $2.40. Excellent. You Young man last call. Week. Well done. Thanks, Brandon. That was all you. Let's push on to Gold Coast, Richmond. It is Saturday afternoon footy. The Suns, two games outside of the eight. Richmond continue to stay in the winner's column, beating West Coast late, albeit late. Uh, Brownie, we'll start with you. 
Richmond, do they just chalk up a W here or can Gold Coast sniff a win? Well, I think they have to. I think they're about to make a statement game, the, the Richmond Footy Club. I, I know Gold Coast will be excited. They've re-signed Stuart Jew during the week, but I just can't see Richmond dropping this game. They've dropped a couple this year that they should have won. The Sydney game, 33 up, 17 up against the Cats. Late in the last quarter, they dropped that. So I think they should be eight points in front of where they are at the moment. Does that put pressure on them? Do they... Do they do they choke up because of that? I don't think so. I think you've got Richmond with Dion Prestia potentially coming back in. I'm not sure they've got a, a matchup for Lynch and Rewalt combination. I just think the forward half of the ground is going to be where Richmond win this game. Marbia Chol, really good player. If I was the coach this week, I'd be saying, mate, you're a really good offensive player, but you need to bring the ball to ground more. You cannot be outmarked. Casbolt um, does it, he'll crash everything, brings the ball to ground. But Marbia Chol at the moment, that one part of his game, he's either being outmarked or he's marking the footy. He needs to bring it to ground. He can't be outmarked. But I think Richmond, for me, should win the game. Rankin. Pretty, pretty good value as well, yeah. Rankin, yeah. Um, we highlighted him last week leading into the game, but a guy that's at the minute in high demand, apparently throwing Essendon throwing a big deal at him and him turning his back on it, which is interesting. So here's his last four games. Uh, so last week uh, I had him as uh, the second best on the ground behind Dacos, but uh, his impact kicking four of eight goals was outstanding and two of them were, were outrageous. You think two plus there, yeah. don't you? Uh, when I, I think so. of Richmond, who's going to go to him? Yep. They're, they're offensive off the half-back line. Um, Dylan they, Grimes isn't going to go to him, so he's almost going to get a good run at it. Gibkiss, someone lost them more players as that spare, so get off the high high up. But I agree, someone's got to kick him, and his form at the minute is better than anyone's at that Gold Coast team. He's arguably the most influential, important player at the minute. All right, pushing on to Saturday night footy under the dome. It is the St Kilda Saints against Fremantle, both coming off respective wins. The Saints, well, they were humming from the first quarter on the back of Jade Gresham winning some contested footy. This is going to be a classic game under the roof. Do we think the Saints continue on their merry way, Brownie? Well, I like the way they set up last week. So Brett Ratton, um, Max King played almost like a decoy. So in the first quarter, so every time they went in forward, they had Paddy Ryder or Raul Marshall. And Paddy Ryder, very good player. So I love the way he got on the scoreboard early. And then Max King got three himself. So he played a selfless role, but still got it. So if I'm Brett Ratton, I'm, I'm going to the well with that again. I, I need multiple options. And then memory. Without all that congestion that King was promoting, memory bobs up and was able to kick four. So... It, it doesn't work that way every week, so it's not going to be perfect like it was last week. And Fremantle, defensively, as their tools, are just as good as anybody. So I, I'm keen on St Kilda this week. I'm not sold on Fremantle. They've had, they played well against Melbourne a few weeks ago for half, three quarters of a game. They dominated them. But outside that, their form's been a little bit patchy, and they were very good last week. But they're I think good, the, they're good against good opposition, though. When you look at they Melbourne, are. Geelong. Last week against Port Adelaide, he came home with a wet sail. They, they didn't had play that game come Marvel well last time they were out against Carlton. And in St Kilda, similar side. Win the contested footy, get it on quickly. Seb Ross and Jack Sinclair. I'm going to talk about your man Jack Sinclair compared to Seb Ross because I think the disposal line here is the advantage of Seb Ross. I'm not sure whether they tag Jack Sinclair, but I think there's a possibility they could. So look at that 25-plus disposal line there, $1.76 to $1.33. Those disposals up the top, round 11, 13, 40, there's not a lot of difference in there. I know he had 37 last week, and that's a big game, but I don't think he'll do that again or the 30-plus. So I think there's a big enough discrepancy in the size of the bet in $1.77. So I'm going to go Seb Ross over, under. He's 25 and a half. I'm going to go over that. I think that's the best bet in this game. 25-plus over for Seb Ross. And the multi-anchor in this one is Andrew Brayshaw. 25-plus rarely misses. So for me, multi-anchor, 25-plus 
and then you've also got Seb Ross. So I'm loading up in this game, Beach. Okay, pushing on to Port Adelaide, GWS. GWS back in the winner's circle last week. And the power, well, they've got something to say here, BJ. This is going to be an interesting clash. The power, though, short. Dollar and 36 cents yeah. in the head-to-head. Uh, probably a little bit shorter than I thought. About a little, yeah, a little bit closer. So there's a bit of value in GWS. They, they talked about the issues around the defence and restricting the opposition from scoring. They de- did that last week, albeit in uh, rainy conditions. You know, 150 mil brownie. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, ruined one of your bets, didn't it? Yeah, um, so uh, they're finding some form. They're, I get they're trending in the right way, but I still think Port Adelaide at home get the job done. And you, you highlighted a man earlier, Jesse Hogan, with uh, potentially. I did. Due for a big bag, you I said. I reckon he's due for a big bag. Is it against Port Adelaide this week? I'm not sure because he's capable of doing well, that. Due means it could be the next yeah, three or four weeks. He's covering you know? himself here. But I don't think it's this week. But definitely he's in form. So look for him for a two, even a three plus. I don't think the six is coming this week. And another man, I think you highlighted him last week. He's been finding form. We talked about him at the start of the year. It was a resurgence of Stephen Cornelio and him finding form and getting back to his best. He's definitely doing that. And the good thing about it, when he's playing his best footy and his Brownlow uh, favourite, I'm going to say three years ago, he was hitting the scoreboard. So he's a midfielder that gets forward when he rests. He actually has an impact on the scoreboard when he is forward. So we've got him here as a disposal market, but even look for him as a cheeky anytime goal scorer. I'm going to say even a two plus bit of value. The total goals last week in the wet, it was 11 and a half when we did the program. And I said, just wait for the first bounce. And it did get back to 10 and a half and they kicked 11. So technically... I won the bet. Technically. Look at him. So he's very good at covering his, yeah. uh, his, his backside. Cover off. Yeah. Yep. Well done. Well, technically, I'll, give you, I'll give you that one. Brisbane are very strong at home. So we'll head over to the Gabba. They'll host Essendon, who were quite remarkable to come back and win that one against Sydney Brownie. Very short. And we think that their four points is just a given here. Uh, oh, look, I, nothing's ever a given in this world, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, it's you, a given this one. Brisbane <laughs> But... The bombers, I can't see them. I can't see them winning. So, but we don't say it's a given. Let's be honest. Now, there's a lot of things going in Brisbane's favour. They're very good. They beat the Bulldogs by 40 plus last week. I think the the line is around 25 and a half for me. I'm happy to take a bet. I think it's around a dollar 66 for Brisbane to win by 25 plus. But Lockie Neal flying at the moment, taking for 30 plus. I don't think Essendon have got the match up. 41 disposals last time we played against them. 22 of those contested. So he doesn't get it on the outside. He gets everything on the inside. 12 clearances, nine inside 50s. And this is the game you might remember where him and also Zach Merritt were out of control at halftime. Zach Merritt had, had 24. They went and tagged Zach Merritt and he had 31. But Lockie Neal, they don't have an answer for him. He gets 30 again. Charlie Cameron continues to kick three or more at the Gabba BJ. Essendon, the total points has been marked 178 and a half. That's the highest of the round. So we're expecting it to be a shootout. Three plus for Charlie. Yeah, yeah. So both teams uh, struggle defensively or more of their weakness, more so Essendon. So look for uh, Brisbane. Um, So Charlie Cameron, we saw him last week kick four plus. So you highlight him in the show uh, and even this week. So he's going to be one out in the goal square. He's playing a bit deeper now. Um, We got Anthony Scott last week. It was a mismatch. We said they didn't have a matchup for him. So you look at the Bombers. Is it a Mason Redmond? He's well, playing he's more, more attacking, attacking now. So, like, game. last year it might have been Mason Redmond. Is it Laverda? Kelly, I think. Is it, um, is it Kelly? I, I'm not sure they've got the correct matchup yeah. for him. So I don't think there is a correct matchup for him when he's the deepest, almost playing that anchor forward, and yep. he's got 30 metres of space, and he's the last one. So Ridley goes to Joe. 
you would have thought. Yeah, with yep, yeah, and Laverde, there's third uh, man in. Hipwood, uh, the, then you got McStay. So their hands are taken. Kelly actually might have to play on a tall. So you're right. There's not a ma- match up again. So look for him to three plus because I think the value now for two plus is gone. Is Kelly 19. goes to Cameron. Like you wouldn't want him goal side. I mean, it's, he's gone. No, it, it, no one because he's he's. He's showing his 100-metre sprint on grand final day. He's the quickest man yeah. going around. And his ability in the air, the on the ground, too. loves the Gabba. So and back-to-back weeks him... at the Gabba. Correct. So, <laughs> Thanks, Brownie. So look for Charlie Cameron for three-plus this week. But even so, Joe Danaher's uh, against his old team. I just still think uh, they're still vulnerable as we're highlighting Ridley, Laverde, Kelly. That I feel, still think Joe Danaher for two-plus as well. I've got a theory. Now, this is just a theory, and I haven't run it past any data. I haven't even checked this book yeah. in my head. Back-to-back games at the Gabba. So, interstate players, I think if they have... Now, this is a theory. If they have two games back-to-back like Charlie Cameron has, you're in your own bed for 14 straight days, yeah. everything's working for you in your own house eating the food you want, you're not at the buffet, you know, having a crack at the buffet in the hotel. So all of a sudden, everything's cherry ripe. You can do your own preparation. Charlie Cameron, it could be a fiver. A fiver. It five, could be a fiver. Five plus a minimum three. Do minimum we bring three up, for me. Bring up the, uh, a minimum five, three for okay. me, but it could be a fiver. Well, speaking of back-to-back, BJ, this is the segment I've been waiting for, the bet with mates, Kitty. Oh. I had it last week with Mitch Duncan, oh, but it's time to roll see, over see just, to you, he's BJ. Just, he's, 1300 on Mitch Duncan at $1.26 to have 20 or more. So, what is he, he set up in his yeah, chair? He's dirty. really confident yeah. after his, his bet last week. Well done, mind you. Thank so, you. one from one. You I'm, have butchered this three times. I'm two year. from five, I think my mm. record is. So, here it is. So, this will go three from six. So, Brisbane, as I said at the start of this game, it's a certainty, Brisbane. $1.22. So, we, we can't find he's a way. He's gone a given. You've gone a certainty. I'm yeah. starting to get worried about this. Yeah, thing. well, it paid off him last week. But, we Looking through it, I'm trying. Yes, in, I can look to individual stats getters. I'm over that. That's, that's ruined me before. So, trying to find a way uh, that Essendon can win, I just couldn't. I couldn't think of enough ways they can get the job done. So that's why I heavily weighed, and probably the odds reflect that at dollar twenty-two. Look at twenty percent. I'm getting twenty-two percent. Brandy, that's a bonus. So, no Brisbane to win is bets with mates key this week. There you go, piling eighteen hundred and forty-nine dollars on the lines to beat Essendon, dollar and twenty-two cents. Short break. We'll be back in a second. Round seventeen in the back pocket. Hello and welcome back to In The Back Pocket. Thank you very much, Brownie, for allowing me to actually perform time, my role That's fine. on this occasion. Sunday afternoon footy, it is Hawthorne taking on Adelaide. So it's 14 v 15, but the betting suggests that Hawthorne will enter as favourites, BJ. But I think you fancy the Crows maybe as outsiders. Uh, I think so, based on form. When you look at Hawthorne that have won one of their last ten games... Uh, Adelaide then going with Melbourne all the way for two and a half quarters last week, quite competitive. Uh, were disappointing a couple of weeks ago, so they're the one. So you're looking at form, yes, albeit it's here in Melbourne, it's at Marvel Stadium. But Adelaide like a quick deck, they like to move the ball quick, they're aggressive Dex. with their ball movement. So there's a bit of value there for Adelaide at $2.52. So um, that may change a little bit, but I just don't see why Hawthorne should be such short favourites. 50 50 game for me. And when it's a 50 50 game and there's a price discrepancy, you've got to take that. I think Adelaide, uh, the value, the line's 10 and 0. I thought the line might have been a bit bigger with those sort of prices. But Jordan Dawson's been one player. 
over the last month in particular. Been outstanding for five weeks. He has, and he's still a very good price to get 25 plus. So at a minimum, you're putting your 25 plus into a same game multi, or you can take him outright at that 30 plus out on the wing, playing a little bit of half back at Marvel Stadium. And the other guy I like is Mitchell Lewis. Um, I think in the wet, it didn't suit him last week in the wet, let's be honest. But when it has been dry and he's under the roof, Mitch Lewis, three goals. This is what he's done so far this year. And BJ, what do you think those red, red ones mean? Uh, he didn't do too well. He bounces back. He's a responder. <laughs> so round three, he has one. He responds with three. Round 11, kicks one. He responds with four. Last week, he has zero. So he will respond this week. Oh, and I've got him in for a minimum of three goals. And I think um, you could put Tex in there for three goals as well. Hey, Brownie, whilst you stick with Mitch Lewis, he's got all the attributes to be a potential Coleman medalist. He does. Potentially with what Hawthorne do to build up that mm. midfield brigade. 65, 70 goals over the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I think... You could pencil him in for two and a half to three goals a game. That's the trajectory he's on, and hopefully Hawthorne improve. I think they will. They've been in a lot of games early. I like the way they start games, but they haven't been able to sustain that. So as bad as their win-loss ratio is at the moment, I think Hawthorne over the next couple of years can bounce back. OK, pushing on to West Coast Carlton. West Coast put up a bit of a fight last week at the G against the Tigers and Carlton. Well, they need to keep pushing towards the top four because we know that Collingwood all of a sudden are in that picture. But they were disappointing against Fremantle, uh, against St Kilda, sorry, BJ. So what happens in this fixture? Mm. Uh, it's an interesting one. So a team that's building, Carlton that uh, bitterly disappointed, losing touch with that top four, which they're obviously striving for. And then... You know, they drop another game or two and they're in that bottom bracket of the eight where they're, you know, competing for arguably the last two or three spots with six teams. So um, I've got some people I've read saying that Carlton potentially could miss the finals. West Coast could win this game. I think, uh, was it Matty Pavlich came out and said that? So they're a team that's building, don't get me wrong, but I still think based on what we've seen in the form uh, and the, just the list overall and where they're headed, I still think Carlton get the job done. As hard as it may be, kind of look on paper, Optus Stadium, having to travel. I, I think they're, they're disappointed. And they've gone over there, correct me if I'm wrong, early in the year and won, I think. Uh, they um, lost to Fremantle over there earlier in the year. Yeah. That was correct the me. night that uh, Pitnet went out. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I just still think they get up. So, uh, And I just want to highlight a man that helped me with my 16-leg multi last week who dominated for th three quarters. He actually had three possessions in the first quarter. I was keeping on and thinking he's not going to get 25 this week. But that's Tim Kelly. He ended up having like 35 in three quarters. So he's found some form, ball hunting, winning ability. Um, so there's still some value there for even 30-plus because there's still going to be a lot of ball around. Count midfielders, we know how well uh, they go and how much ball they get. But on average, uh, there'll still be 350 possessions for West Coast to get and Tim Kelly will have plenty of those. Carlton should win. I expect West Coast price to shorten because I think that that price is pretty good for what they've served up. You've got Cripps playing good footy at the moment. Jack Darling's been okay. Kennedy's kicked five. Uh, and Nat Newey. So here's the big mm. test for me when it comes to Carlton this week. So they're not going to win a, a tap out. So against Nat Newey in West Coast, when Nat Newey's up they're and riding running... riding off to Coney. No, well, I just don't think he gets his hand to it. You watch Nat Newey last week, jumped all over the top of the Richmond Ruckman and so 13 good. clearances for Shuey and I think eight for Kelly. So you know that they're going to get first use if uh, Nick Nat Newey's in there. So it's almost like Carlton have to, only for this week, change the way they go about their midfield because they are not going to get on the end of anything mm -hmm. this week. So unless they read Nat Newey, they're not going to get it. So the big battle is Michael Voss has to go to his midfielders and go, OK, Nat Newey's going to use his hand to it every time. Do we sweat on them? Do we start behind them? How do we do it? Do we start in front of them? We have to, if they have the contest, right, and the clearances are even, 
then Carlton blow them away because forward of the centre, they're going to be good. And we expect Jacob Weeder to be back to shore up their back end. So it is a big, big mental battle and a positioning battle for how Carlton set up in the midfield. Speaking of the Carlton midfield, George Hewitt continues to be a contested ball through the middle and one of the leading clearance players. Brownie, confidence levels for 25-plus for George Hewitt. Yep. He had a poor game last week. He'll bounce back. A lot of them had a poor game last week against St Kilda. So he is a responder, as we like to call them, or a bounce backer. But uh, Georgie Hewitt uh, put him in because I thought he used the ball poorly last week as well um, in, in that game where I think he only had 22, which is not a poor game, but... In terms of where he's been, uh, he needs to respond, and I think he will this week. Okay, pushing on to the moneymaker segment. It is the $100 play, and we are going to start off with Brownie. Well, let's just review it before we get on to that. A couple of ticks there for BJ, GP. Um, what have we. Carlton really upset me last week. That would have been a really good so win. My, have a look at that, BJ. <laughs> have a look at that. There are a lot of green ticks and poor old Zach oh, Merritt cost you. A lot of green ticks that equates to nothing. There I'm should be some mechanism where you can swap a goal for a, for five disposals or even a couple of disposals to get over the line. That's but that is stiff. That makes me laugh. Does it? On your behalf. I'm sure it does. Because look at you over there in your column with the... Uh, yep. It's all about winners over there. Almighty winners unlucky, because Zach Merritt kicked three goals as well. All right, Brownie, you'll lead us off. $100 play. $100 play. Uh, there's two that I like this week. So the first one is Taylor Walker, three goals under the roof, and Mitch Lewis spoke about him. I think he's a Coleman medal potential for the next couple of years, but uh, both to kick three goals under the roof. And then, pretty simple, I'm pretty keen on Seb Ross this week. His disposal line is 25 and a half, and I think he can get over that for the other 50. Okay, pushing on to you, BJ. Uh, I've got $25 on. I'm keen on the Bulldogs this week uh, at the SCG against Sydney. So it'll be a close one, uh, 1 to 39. I've got the Bulldogs, um, $25. Again, here's my uh, multi. I'm still chasing. I need to get back in the green. So I won't even reel them off. They'll come on the screen. Sicily, Neil, Merritt, Cripps, Oli Wines, Laird. Throw them all in there. I think it's a 12 to 13 leg multi in there. So uh, I can't quite see behind that camera. Um, and then I've got $50 on Brisbane, Port, Richmond, uh, head to Ahead. $25 at 66. Well, you've got the form to suggest that that's going to go almighty close. And I'm going to take a Saints play. Gresham, 25 plus. In two of the past three games, he has had 25 plus. He's coming off an impressive 29, port, 29 disposal performance against Carlton. $2.20. Well, there's our $100 play across the three of us in the back pocket. Round 17. Enjoy the fixture of footy. And if you have a good bet, please do so responsibly.